I called them listen lessons. The very first week, he talked about the principles um, of relationships. Come on, say relationships. Yes. Now, relationships, it was not limited to, you know, who, who is, who's got my heart beating and who I'm in love with, but it's also relationships related to family members, friends, coworkers, all sorts of relationship questions. And there were questions like, what do you do when you're in a bad relationship? And how can you fix it? And there were bountiful questions that uh, some were emailed to pastor and he answered, and then some were actually answered from the floor. And so for those of you who want to hear more about relationships and what were those hot questions, just go back to On Demand, and I've done it several times already, and give it a listen. Each service was different because the individuals in the audience had different questions. So Saturday service had, had, had some unique questions. Um, Sunday 9 o'clock had unique questions. And then Sunday 11 o'clock had unique questions. So what they've done in the media department is when you go on demand, you can actually go for that first weekend in October, and you can choose to listen to Saturday, Sunday, or, um, and I'd say listen to all three. That's what I've been doing to hear all the magnificent questions and answers that came forth. So the first week was things related to relationships. Week two was the one where I was praying diligently for my husband because week two was about politics. And I asked him, are you sure, you know, you want to put on the open floor questions about politics considering there is such a political divide now among the body of Christ? And every time you turn on the news, they're not only talking about politics, but they're fussing about politics. There's no reasonable discussions going on. You know, someone is being interviewed, then someone else starts talking, and then they're talking over each other, and you don't even know what anybody is saying, and it is just a madhouse. And I've never seen it where the church is divided, everybody's just fussing and carrying on. And so in this political divide, do you, you want to put open the floor you know, don't you want to just have online questions and answer them? He said, nope, open the floor. And it worked. We had so heard all sorts of things, all sorts of comments, questions. It was absolutely powerful if you want to hear it, Saturday and then two Sunday options. But the bottom line, he came out with a biblical principle, and that's what we, we should all live by from Mark 3.25. And it says, if a house is divided against itself, it cannot what? If a house is divided against, against itself, it cannot stand. And so that was one of the primary principles that he shared with us, even as he was uh, uh, going through various scenarios and information and used a lot of biblical principles all throughout it. Week three, he talked about poverty versus prosperity. And the main reason why some people seem to be financially doing well, while some seem to be financially having problems, even though they're working so hard. And so it was a powerful series of wonderful questions on the floor, and there were some things that really just stunned me, and it was, what, it was a, um, a comparison uh, chart that he showed that said, these are the habits of the wealthy versus the habits of the financially average individual. And it was things like the those who tend to be wealthy read daily, or they versus average watch TV daily. Wealthy set goals, never set goals. Compliment versus criticize. Embrace change, fear change. Forgive, hold grudges. Uh, hold, hold grudges. Uh, talk about ideas, talk about people. Continuously learn, think they know it all. Take responsibility for their failures. 
blame others for their failures. And you look, and when, I, when he went through that series, it was like, okay, how many of them do I have on the left side versus the right side? And it was quite challenging because it's like, God, I need to put a few more of my personal uh, habits on that left side so I can be blessed. And so that was a wonderful, wonderful um, uh, teaching that was done on the third week. Then on the fourth week, he was scheduled to talk about uh, the power of the next generation and how the next generation can be successful. But it's amazing that when you're in the process of listening to God, sometimes God will, will change and say, okay, that was fine, but today I want you to do something else. So actually on Saturday, last Saturday, God had him change the topic on, in just prior to Saturday's service. And that ser sermon was called Surviving the Unexpected. When you have an unexpected surprise, whether it's a physical challenge or whatever the challenge is, and his focus was a, a, a something physically unexpected, what do you do? And so that was a primary example of listening, but that was listening to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was saying, this is what this congregation needs for this weekend. They need to hear a message on surviving the unexpected. So on today, I'm sharing a word called hearing, listening, and doing. Because the concept is, after you have heard all these things, the question of the day is, what next? So come on, say, what's next? what's next? What do I do next? I heard all these wonderful uh, principles uh, from relationships, politics, prosperity, poverty, all those things. But what do I do next? Understand, first of all, that there's a difference between hearing and listening. And Avery did it so perfectly in his spoken word. Difference between hearing and listening. To hear is to perceive with the ear a sound made by someone or something. Just like you will hear music, you hear a sound. Some of you hear me now, but are you really listening? Because listen means to give one's attention. Now, I'm a lover of music, so I've, I'm always listening to music, listening to different sounds. I like everything but country. I guess I'm in that country. But my, the, the man I love so dearly, he likes country music. I don't get it. How can you be raised in South Central and you like country music, but anyhow, anyhow, he likes country music. But I, I'm a lover of music, and I tend to hear, um, you know, whether it has strings or whether it has, you know, what is, what's the bass line doing, and, you know, does it have a hint of a flute, or whatever it is, you know, even if it's contemporary music, I'm listening for all those unique instruments all, all throughout, you know, and, uh, but then sometimes, years later, when I actually Googled the words, I just asked for the lyrics. It's like, you mean to tell me this song is saying those crazy things? That means I was hearing, but I wasn't really listening. I wasn't paying attention. And so there is a difference between the two. So we're going to look at uh, some, uh, I call biblical nuggets that I got from uh, James chapter one that's going to help us with this concept of hearing, listening, and doing. Now, there's some wonderful biblical nuggets that I love that already come from James chapter 1. And all of you have, have heard these uh, phrases. One that says, count it all joy when you fall into di uh, diverse temptations. Count it all joy when you fall into all kinds of temptations because knowing it, the trying of your faith worketh patience. It's like, how in the world am I supposed to count it all joy when I have problems? When I'm being tempted, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. It's like, yeah, that, that's, that's a nice concept. But it says no because it's going through challenges and problems that bring about patience. 
it actually makes you stronger. And so if you're praying the prayer, Lord, help me to be more patient, help me to calm down, help me not to just be so stressed all the time, he said the only way that's going to happen is by you having temptation after temptation. So you're actually saying, Lord, give me temptations so I can have patience. Lord, give me some problems so I can have some more patience. You know, it's a powerful, powerful nugget that you get from John chapter 1. We also see from uh, John, uh, not John, James chapter 1, is if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that give it to all men liberally. I have times in life where I'm saying, God, I don't know. I have a clue of what I'm doing. I'm asking family, friends, you know, looking it up, trying to figure it out for myself. But it's a principle that says, when you just don't have a clue, ask God. And he said, if you need wisdom, he'll give it liberally. A nugget that I absolutely love, and I use it all, all the time. Another one you've heard about uh, asking faith, nothing wavering, because you don't want to be tossed to and fro like the wind. You know, your grandma may have even told you that. Tossed to and fro like the wind. That's from James chapter 1, verse 6. And then a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You've heard about people say, oh, you're just double-minded. What you going to do? You're to the left, to the right, to the right, to the left. You know, that all, that's a principle that came from James chapter 1, verse 8. So we're going to look at James uh, chapter 1, verse 19. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I'm going to read that again, verse 19. My br dear brothers, James is saying, listen up, listen. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to hear quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce righteousness that God desires. Then in verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continue in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. The key word again here is listen. Why is it so hard to listen? And some of you may say, well, I don't have any problems listening now. My spouse can't listen and my child can't listen and my boss can't listen. But that is not my testimony. I listen to people all the time. No, remember, there's a difference between hearing and listening. For some of you, you're not listening to me right now. You're hearing me. You hear my voice because it's coming over the speaker, but you're actually not paying attention. Because you're thinking, I want to be first in line at 520 Wings. I wonder if they have my favorite dessert at 21 Shortstop. How long she going to take? That boy over there look mighty cute. I hope he's single. You know, all that is going over in your mind. You're not really listening. You hear me, but you're listening. Why is it so hard? It's so hard to listen because we feel like I've done it already. It's hard to listen because it's like I've seen it already. It's hard to listen because my mom told me, my friends told me. You know, it's hard to listen because I have personal convictions. It's hard to listen because TV and social media told me it's, it's blue. And you know, TV and social media, whatever they say, it's true. Isn't that right? If it's, if it's on television, if it's on Facebook, if it's on Twitter or Instagram or those other ones you guys listen to that I don't have yet, 
If it's on there, surely it's true. You know, but that's why sometimes we don't fully listen. I remember, um, I'll never forget, this was years ago after my kids were at least in middle school, maybe middle school, high school, and I had already gone through the parenting thing, and, and I thought I had taken my parenting skills a little further beyond my mom's skills, because my mom, her name was Ernestine, which means I don't play. And so she, uh, so uh, I, I believed her, and, and every now and then she'd have to pull the belt out on me, but you know, I, I tried not to force her in that direction. But that's how that was the definition of, of parenting. It's like you listen to mom, and if you don't listen to mom, you know, oh, there's no punishment and sit in the corner and in the chair and counting five, four, three, two, you know, it's like, I'm talking to one, I'm counting to two, you know, that countdown. My mom didn't do no countdown. You listen to me right now, I'm getting a belt. You know, that was my definition of parenting. Okay, so I call myself taking it a little bit further, and I'm not going to use a belt on a child because that's, that's inhumane. You know, I did not, I hated the belt, but I will use a spanker spoon. <laughs> it's like, what is a spanker spoon? Well, you know, some of you call it the wood mixing bowl spoon, but to my kids, pull out the belt. That's equivalent to the belt. And so it was, I'm not counting. Five, four, three, two, one, it's like, I'm about to get the spoon. And so that was my definition of, of an advanced process of parenting. But then I was exposed to a parent that was just a puzzling thing because I watched her have this conversation with the child. I don't even know if the child was even two, may have been about two years old. And you know, to me, when they're two, they really need to spank a spoon a lot. But you know, by my definition, but she was actually carrying on this conversation with the child and the child was asking for jelly, but on the table was ketchup. And the child was crying, saying, I want jelly. And she was saying, no, listen. I want you to listen to me now. It, this is ketchup. This is not jelly. I want jelly. Listen, this is not jelly. It is ketchup. And so by the time the child is crying again, I want jelly. I'm thinking, take them out, take them to the car, get the spoon. <laughs> Snatch them up. I mean, some of you may have even seen me get my grandbaby. It's like, okay, I didn't had enough now. Snatch up that little body holder like a sack of potatoes, go straight out the door. Now, I don't put the spoon on it yet, but... <laughs> But, you know, that, that's my philosophy. But I'm sitting here watching this parent say, you know, over and over again, no, baby, it is not jelly, it is ketchup. I don't know how many times it took, but eventually the child said, not jelly. They finally heard to the point where they listened. There was a difference. The child just felt like they were just being robbed until finally it connected. And it was like, not jelly. It's ketchup. And the child calmed down. Can you imagine a child calmed down without being snatched, taken to the car? A child calming down without the wooden spoon and without the belt. It's like, that is amazing. I have never seen anything like that in, in, in my life. I was exposed to something different. So that's the benefit sometimes of listening. The benefit of listening is that you're exposed to a new viewpoint. The benefits of listening is you are sometimes exposed to new information, new strategies and new ways. Just because your mom did it, you did it, that's the way it was always done, or just because it's posted on social media doesn't mean it's Bible, doesn't mean it is the best way. 
Do you realize that some of the things your, your parents told you are not true? <laughs> a, a broken mirror does not mean seven years bad luck. <laughs> I know you think great-grandmama know everything, but that ain't true. <laughs> no mirror determines my blessings. No. No. So you have to, the benefit of listening is that you're exposed to new viewpoints and you're exposed to more information. So this is a simple word that I just want to share with you on today because this verse says that you have to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And we've had a lot of of information given to us over, over the month, a lot of stats, a lot of questions and answers. Some of the questions and answers made you say amen, some say that's crazy, some made you go research again, all sorts of things. But I pray that this entire listen series caused you to not only hear principles, but you decided to listen. Listen by giving full attention. Now, the second half of the verses say that not merely be a li- listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Do what it says. It's key that you not only hear it, you're listening in an attentive fashion, and then you decide, I'm going to do something about it. I have a question for all of you. Anybody in the house want to be blessed? Come on, wave. If you want to be blessed, blessed. Brad Hammond, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Everybody wants to be blessed. But there's a principle, there's a nugget that you can find in James chapter 1 that says the key to being blessed. Even if you feel like none of the, she, nothing she said applied to me right now, and I, 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 she think I'm not listening, but I'm just, you know, whatever it is. If you say, I want to be blessed, the key to being blessed is all found in, in James here. It says, if you want to be blessed, you have to be quick to listen. That means give your attention not just your ears, give your attention, be slow to speak, stop trying to talk so quickly, and slow to become angry. Now, that slow to speak, that one is a challenge for me because even though I I try to tell y'all I'm shy, y'all just don't believe me. So if I don't know you, if you're a stranger, I'm not going to say much to you if I barely know you. It's like, "Mm, I know them, I'm talking to them. But if I know you, I can go without a period. You know, I call it big old run-on sentences. You know, and if you, if I'm listening to you, I always, I always have an opinion. I don't know if that's your testimony, but, you know, some people say, what do you think? And if I say, hmm, trust me, I'm trying not to say my opinions. <laughs> I want to say that is the craziest thing I ever heard of. And or I'm saying, you know what, if y'all don't stop this foolishness, I'm going to pay for your divorce. You know, I'm thinking all kind of crazy stuff in my head, you know, because, but I have learned this principle. I need to be quick to hear and slow to speak. So I've had to learn the principle. Everything that comes to your head does not need to come out of your mouth. Slow to speak. And then if you learn that principle of slow to speak, you'll be amazed that you'll be slow to anger. Now, some of you, you get into a lot of trouble. And remember, these are nuggets for being blessed. You all say, I want to be blessed, but but they just have to hear what I say in my opinion. And I'm not a doorknob, and I'm not going to let them step all over me. And all that, it's like, no, 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 no. Remember, it's quick to hear, slow to speak. 
I can't tell you the number of times, you know, I, I, my husband would say stuff to me, and it's like, what did he just say? You know, in my head, it's like, no, he didn't. Is he insinuating that I don't know what I'm talking about? You know, now, and, and, and please don't even, even if it's something I don't know, it could be a subject that I don't know anything about. But I don't want you to treat me like I'm dumb. It's like, let me tell you I don't know. Don't you tell me I don't know. I don't know. And so if, you, if, if he might, you know, if he's speaking to me and it's in a tone that I don't really, my spirit not really receiving because my spirit is not strong right now. I have to say, my mouth is ready to go, no, you didn't. Now, I know I love Jesus and all, but I ain't that saved. And you know, my, my mouth want to be quick to speak. But I have to remember, Diane, what did the Bible say? The Bible says, slow to speak, girl. So all my angels, everybody's just yelling at me, Diane, slow to speak. Diane, slow to speak. So it's like, oh, Jesus. And I mean, sometimes I'm just sweating and I'm just like, because it's like I always have something to say. If I'm comfortable, I got something to say. You know, and so I've learned, it's like, okay, did you really, did you hear him or did you listen? Okay, is it possible that you heard him and you're using your definition and it's not really what he means? So instead of saying, <laughs> go and ask him a question. Exactly what do you mean by that? I know you don't mean that I don't have the intelligence to understand that principle. I know you don't mean that. So exactly what do you mean? And then he will just re-rack his words. And I'll say, oh. So I almost got into an argument off of something because I wasn't really listening. Oh, in my mind, I was listening. He just needed to fix his words. You know? It's like, and it goes both ways. Sometimes you wonder, why is my husband speaking? Why is he so mad? Why is all this going on? And it's because of what he heard and what you said. So sometimes you have to come back and say, I need a little bit of clarity. Exactly what did you mean by that? Because you, you know I, I struggle with anybody insinuating in any way, shape, or form that I'm, I'm, I'm just going to use my term, ignorant. For those who don't know, ignorant, I don't, the ignorant, I can't, you know, even if I, even if I don't know how to read Hebrew, I don't want you to talk to me like I can't read Hebrew. You know, I want you to just honor my, my limited education in Hebrew, you know, whatever it is. You know, but those are the kind of things that can actually hinder your ability to be blessed. You have to be, make sure you are really listening, and then beyond listening, be careful, don't be quick to speak. Some of you, God gave you these opportunities on new jobs, and you're in the boardroom now and all of this, and every time you go in the boardroom, it's like, well, I think, and I know, and in my last job, you know, my last, you, you go on a date, my last boyfriend, uh, you quick to speak. People don't want to hear all that. Remember the principle, quick to hear, slow to speak. And then you would be absolutely amazed that if you are quick to hear, that's listening for real, if you slow down your speaking, that your anger would be drastically reduced. It's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. A lot of the fights that happen, a lot of the disagreements that happen are just confused, 
confused conversations. You're mad. You disrespected me and you in my face and everything. And she looked at me funny. And all those things, those little drama moments that we blame teenagers for, but I said, I didn't see it. I seen grown folk almost fight. I seen true deacons almost fight outside of church before because, because of communication, not really listening. And then because they're not listening, they're not speaking slowly. And then they all of a sudden become angry. They're fussing and fighting and pulling out guns and killing each other off of things that's this a misunderstanding. If you want to really be blessed, take advantage of this powerful, simple nugget that's shared in James chapter 1. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And then the final one is just do it already. He says, I want you to not only be a hearer, but a doer. There are some things that you've been promising God for a long time I'm going to do, and you never did it. It's, you've been here, you've heard bountiful sermons, have more sermons than you can imagine. Got sermons on your phone, on your iPad, on the laptop. You, you got, you've even got CDs. Some of you still got cassettes from 10 years ago. You know, we don't even do cassettes anymore. But you got all of that. And it's absolutely amazing that you uh, are still not doing. You must be a doer of the word. What did he say already? Just do it. There was a, a T-shirt slogan that was out, um, and I don't know, they may still have it. Is it Nike? That says, just do it, whatever it is. Whatever is the biblical principle, even though it may hurt, just do it. I tell people all the time, if you, you and your husband are always fighting and fussing and battling, and it's like, I'll hush when he hush, and he'll hush when I'll hush. And, you know, and all this like, just hush. Somebody hush. You just do it. Just do it. I tell ladies all the time from the book of Diane, if you want to know how to have a successful relationship, how many of you want to know how to have a successful relationship? Not just the ladies, men, you need to hear this too, not here too. <laughs> have a select, successful relationship. You need to listen, and then from the book of Diane, husheth. <laughs> Everything that comes to your mind doesn't need to come out your mouth. Husheth. If you want your husband to talk more, husheth. If you want your wife to talk more, because there are some men who have the, the, the talk gifting. If you want your wife to talk more, husheth. From the book of Diane, wonderful nugget. But it's actually from the book of James. It says, quick to listen, slow to speak. And it's absolutely amazing that your anger percentage will go down. And then he says, now I want you to go and just do it. Just walk the word. Don't just come to church all the time hearing things. Go and do the principle. I don't care how hard it is, just do it. There is um, something that I have been actually just doing for maybe about six months now, and I am so proud of myself. And you may think, what, what is it? You want to know what it is? How many of you want to know what it is? When I was a child, there was this cartoon called Popeye the Sailor Man. How many of you had, you got to have some years on you to know Popeye the Sailor Man. All you youngsters, you don't know nothing about it. You don't know about no Popeye. You don't know. What, your grandparents told you about Popeye the Sailor Man? You watch? It must be on demand or something, I don't know. But anyway, it's Popeye the Sailor Man. See? Popeye the Sailor Man 
was strong to the finish because he ate his he ate spinach Popeye the sailor man I always wanted to eat spinach because it was amazing the things that Popeye couldn't do but when he ate spinach he could do it so I said one day I'm gonna eat spinach and I would try and it's like you know just the look of it is like oh gosh it looked like overcooked grass it's like no I'm not eating spinach so it's talking about I'm not gonna do it and it's like you know what You've been talking about eating spinach for such a long time. Diane, just do it. What can you take? So I'm in Subway. I love Subway sandwiches, and it's a certain way I like my Subway sandwich. And so it was like, okay, I'm looking at the spinach, and it looks like the leaves from the trees in my yard. And, um, and I've had people, even Jackie Rawls that I'm torturing all the time, she just loves spinach and would say, just try it. Just It's like, I can't stand spinach. But I said, I'm going to just put spinach on top of my sandwich, and I'm just going to finally eat spinach. Then I realized that the way I make my sandwich is real plain anyway. I don't like sauces and mayo, mayonnaise, or nothing like that. So I just put some extra black pepper on it and ate it, and it was like, it was amazing because it had no taste. <laughs> it was like, I'm eating spinach, and I can't even taste it. So after all these years, ever since I was like five years old, saying, I'm going to eat spinach like Popeye the Sailor Man, it's like I am 61 and I'm finally eating spinach. You're so proud of me, Jackie. Oh, my God. The principle is you need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And then finally, the principle in James said, just do it. Come on, say, just do it. Just do it. Stop making up excuses. We're going to go on vacation one day. Just do it. Go to Jacksonville. Go to Tybee. Go someplace. Just do it. My husband and I are going to get along one day. No, just do it. I'm going to take my kid to the fair one day. Just do it. I'm going to, to uh, Disney World one day. Just do it. I'm going to Paris. You'll be surprised at the prices of tickets, depending upon what time of year, that you can go to just by any country you want to go to. I've been amazed at the people who dream to go to New York. How many of you have never been to New York and you'd love to go to New York? New York? Would you believe that there's a direct flight from Little Savannah to New York City to LaGuardia? And I've gotten tickets before for $180. I mean, you could put quarters to the side and get enough money to go to New York. Now, you not, may not be able to eat when you get there, but you can go to New York. Pack some sandwiches, have it in the hotel. <laughs> and you can say, I am finally here. Just do it. Come on, say, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Stop being afraid. When it comes to the principles that are in the word of God, God loves you way too much to tell you to do anything to hurt you. You don't have to have fear of being disrespected or harmed or anything like that. People may harm you, but God never will. Just do it. When you hear a principle in the word of God, just do it. When he says, given it shall be given, just do it. When he says, hush, just do it. When he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, just do it. Just do it. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Find the time to come to church. Just do it. Just do it. Even when it comes to eating your spinach, you can be strong to the finish. Just do it. Amen.
Come on and give the Lord a hand. I'd like you to please stand to your feet for a moment. Come on and let's lift those hands all over this house. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your life-giving word. You've shared with us all throughout the month the importance of listening. If we want to build a future, if we want to grow and mature, we need to be willing to listen. Whether it's regarding the subject of relationships or even the, our political season, Lord God, or, or whether it's on money or family or whatever it is, we pray, I pray, Lord God, that you help us to just listen. We can't just speak. We have to listen to those around us. Even if it's just listening to those around us, bring clarity of who we're dealing with, who we're working with, who we're living with, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for this series. I pray, Lord God, that you give us the strength to move to the next step. For your word says that we need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to be angry, and that we should be doers of your word and not hearers only. Help us, Lord God, as we receive your word, whether it's coming forth through ministry of Overcome My Faith or wherever we are fed your word or even during our private devotional times, Lord God, or small group Bible studies. Help us to not just be hearers, Lord, where we're just listening. Even if it's just listening intently, Lord God, help us to take what we've heard, we listen to it intently, and then help us, Lord God, to not be fearful, to walk in it, to trust you enough to walk the principles that we are hearing. I pray, Lord God, that we don't just grab material and habits from our, from our past, but we're willing to learn new viewpoints and we're willing to take on new information. I thank you, Lord God, for blessing us to be in a country where we can freely hear your word and we can freely worship you. Not every country can say that, Lord. So for that, we thank you. I praise you and I give you glory and honor for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you can, everyone bow your heads for a moment. There may be some individuals in the house who may say, I need to, I've heard the word and I listened intently. I gave it my attention. And now I'm willing to take the next step. I want to be a doer of the word. And before I can actually be a full doer of the word, I need to first of all give Jesus Christ my heart, my life, I need to say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and be a new, your word says I'll be a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Well, understand if that's your heart's desire, God made it so easy for you to do that. He said, you don't have to clean up anything. You don't have to stop doing anything. The Bible says all you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. That's the only thing you have to do. Only thing you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God raised him from, from Jesus from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Simple, simple. If there's anyone in the house and you are ready to be a doer of God's word, We'd love to pray with you from your seat. We won't call you out, pull you out, won't do anything. All you have to do is raise your hand and put it back down, and we're going to pray with you from your seat. I see a hand. Anyone else, just lift your hand up. I see more hands. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Praise you, Lord. 
Now, if they're in, in the house who say, well, I prayed this prayer before, but Lord, I need to re- pray a prayer of rededication. And that I, I went through salvation and all of that, but I decided to just rule my own life. But now I'm ready to re-rack. I'm ready to start again. And I want to be a doer of your word. So I'd love to have this prayer of rededication to you. If there's anyone who said, I like to pray a prayer of rededication. We're not going to pull you out, do anything to you. You just lift your hand, put it up, and put it back down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Come on, everyone in the house, lift those hands. Say, your word says, if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead, I will be saved. So on this day, I confess. On this day, I believe. And on this day, I receive, in Jesus' name, amen.